Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, it is the 11th of April, 2022. And on today's show, we're going to have a preview of this weekend, week's series, I should say, with the Atlanta Braves. And also, we're going to look at what did go well for the Nationals this past weekend. The bullpen pitched well. Kbert Ruiz got off to a nice start, and the defense looked pretty solid. So we're going to talk about those things today and uh, see if they can continue. So some positive spin on what went down this weekend, although the Nationals did lose three of their opening four games against the New York Mets. All that's coming up on today's show. Daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Once again, Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Nationals podcast. Today, it is the 11th of April, 2022, as I had mentioned Find us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube as well. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe there so you guys can watch the videos if you have time. We are adding some visual elements. So uh, add that in there. So I had a breakdown yesterday of what went down over the course of the weekend, had the reactions to the Friday or the Thursday night game before that too, and now had some time to think about the weekend and uh, just kind of, you know, what went down. Look, it feels like the Nationals, uh, you know, offensively were, you know, not very competitive at times and, the you know, pitching at times, uh, the starting pitching kind of let them down. But, you know, these weren't all blowouts, um, a 4-2 win, a 5-0 loss, a 7-3 loss, and a 5-1 loss. Um you know, and so, you know, it's like, once again, it's not like 10 to 1, but these were games that at times did not feel especially uh, competitive at certain moments. Once again, not total blowout losses. And there are some reasons for those things. And so I kind of went through this weekend and tried to find some of those reasons and some reasons for some positivity. Obviously, the win, the walk-off, or not walk-off win, the uh, rallying win, I should say, uh, you know, is a really good launching point and trying to get some positivity going for the Nationals as they head into this series against the Braves, which we'll preview in a bit. Um, but beyond that, what else is there to be uh, happy about, to be pleased about? And so let's go through some of those things. First off, the bullpen looked strong. I'm not going to say looking strong because it's one weekend, but for a weekend, the bullpen looked strong. Um, the Nationals pitched in total, it was nine game, or four games, nine innings, none of them went to extras, 36 innings, right? So that's your total pitch uh, numbers of innings pitched at this point. The staff went 18 and two-thirds, or excuse me, the starting staff went 17 and a third, which meant the pen had to go 18 and two-thirds. They allowed seven earned runs, which is a 3.38 ERA in their first weekend. Now, once again, Small sample size, but you have to be encouraged by the fact that the bullpen was called upon and they responded. Just that by itself is very good news, in my opinion. Um, now, on the other side of that, you know, the, the fact that they were called on so often 
is concerning. 100%. I'm there with you all. They're going to get called on again tonight as the Nationals now are trying to figure out what they're going to do in terms of a starting pitcher for their first game against the Atlanta Braves tonight. So they still don't know who is going to be countering Oscar Enoa for the Braves. (coughs) So that is up in the air right now. Also still getting over the allergies, still dealing with allergies, I should say right now. So voice not at 100% uh, as it sits right now. But, um, you know, having to get a majority of the work, number one, you you kind of expect the bullpen to get some more work on opening weekend just because guys are on certain pitch counts. But in many circumstances, that was not the case. It was just because guys weren't pitching that well on the starting side of things. We mentioned it yesterday, the only pitcher to complete five innings this this weekend for the Washington Nationals was Eric Fetty. And he did, you know, was up in the 80s, upper 80s, when he was in inning number five or completing inning number five, but he did get through five innings. We can't say that for Corbin. We can't say that for Adon. We cannot say that, um, you know, for Josiah Gray. We can only say that in the first four starts for Eric Fetty. <coughs> and so, you know, that was that was concerning, but a lot of times when these guys were called on, you know, in certain situations, lower leverage, but um, the guys did a pretty good job, I thought. And so the three guys that I'm highlighting today that have done a really good job this past weekend were Tanner Rainey, Sean Doolittle, and Kyle Finnegan. So let's start with our old friend, Sean Doolittle. Doolittle on the weekend had two innings pitched, two hits allowed, two Ks, no runs uh, uh, You know, on, on those two hits. And just looked really strong. The velocity for him was the big thing. The velocity was up for Sean Doolittle, which we know without a doubt is an encouraging sign for him. Love the way he was mixing pitches and I thought location was really good. He was fired up. So I love the fact that we got to see that from Doolittle on the weekend. But you just kind of go back, you know, for the 35-year-old through the recent seasons. And last year with Cincinnati and – um with Seattle, 4-4-6 ERA in Cincinnati, 4-7-6 in Seattle. Then you go, uh, you know, you go back to 2020, 5 8 2019, 4-0-5 is pretty good. 18 was that masterful year he had where he had a 1.6 ERA in 45 innings work. You go, keep going back, 2017, really good. So trying to find that form again, it looks like he might have the stuff to at least come close to that. And this is a guy that I think – not just from a pitching perspective is going to be leaned on by the nationals this year, but I think from a leadership perspective, he's going to be leaned on a lot this season. If you look at the nationals bullpen, you just think about the guys who are there. It's not a group with a ton of experience. That's kind of one of the downsides right now to the Nats pen. You know, if you look at a lot of the guys in there, not a lot of guys with a ton of, of big league experience. Yes, there's a lot of guys who pitched before, but not a lot of guys, you know, we consider leaders, whether it be a Andre, Andres Machado, Espino's old, but hasn't been around for a long time. Victor Arano, Tanner Rainey, uh, Kyle Finnegan, Patrick Murphy, Austin Vogue, Mason Thompson. He and Steve's, you know, Doolittle and Steve Ciszek are kind of the two older veteran guys who have been around for a good amount of time. Ciszek also, I almost called Ciszek, but Ciszek also 35 years old. So I think Doolittle, you know, from a performance perspective, look good. Obviously, it's a you know early start of the season, but the first two innings have gone very well for him. And also, I think they're going to need him 
but leadership perspective, no Will Harris at this point. That's also a guy who's pitched in DC before. So I think, you know, while we've seen Tanner Rainey for a long time and seeing Kyle Finnegan now for a little bit, you still got guys like Mason Thompson's and Patrick Murphy's who just need some, you know, veteran leadership or, you know, guys, and even, even Tanner Rainey could use and some of that helps sometimes just a guy to lead on that you know. So from Doolittle, let's go to Rainey, who this weekend pitched two innings, two hits. Oh, excuse me. Uh, I might have gotten the stats flipped. Doolittle uh, this past weekend, two innings pitched, no hits, no runs, three Ks. Rainey was two innings pitched, two hits, two Ks, but no runs allowed. The key for Tanner Rainey, I mentioned it some yesterday, was to get the confidence Bat going for him, um, you know, get him in a spot where he felt he feels comfortable again, and he's off to a really nice start. They gave him the ninth inning yesterday. He got the job done. You know, he allowed Mark Hanna on, but I mentioned this yesterday. Who doesn't allow Mark Hanna to get on base? 2020 was a uh, 2020. 2020 was Tanner Rainey's best season. He had two six six ERA, the point seven four WHIP in twenty in a third innings pitch. Now, once again, not a big sample size. But you go back, you know, at 1.1 war, you go to 2021, uh, minus 1.1 on the war, 7390 RA, 1.71 uh, whip, 31.2 innings. Pitch it at 42 Ks, but had 25 walks, about 29 hits, uh, too. So for him, getting a save this season, I think it's very important. Kind of returning to form to allow a couple, you know, uh, hard hit balls. But defense was strong behind him. Defense had been really good this weekend as well. So, you're, you know, this is a guy where I think there were so many questions. We've talked about this coming to the season for the bullpen. Which guy do you want to give the ninth inning? Well, Mason Thompson's probably not ready. Kyle Finnegan didn't look great in the ninth. Sean Doolittle could maybe, but do you want a guy who you've got around, you know, uh, do you want to give it to a Steve C. Shack? Do you want to give it to Tanner Rainey and see if he can bounce back? Do you want to give it to, I don't know, Paulo Espino? Whatever, but I think because Tanner Rainey's stuff, I think he makes you know a um, a good candidate to be a guy to close out games. Now I think uh, a lot of people are still skeptical just because of how rough last season was, but this is still a guy who is 29 years old in terms of major league pitching in his career. You know he's only thrown 109 innings, so it's not like it's it's a good good base to have. But it's not like it's a ton of time that he's been up in the big leagues. And so I think because, you know, his picks, his pitch mix, uh, just with the four-seam fastball and the slider kind of, you know, being a two-pitch guy, I think with, you know, uh, the velocity on that fastball, you know, average velocity, uh, velocity around 95 this season was 96 last year. Uh, you know, this is that that's a pitch that I think that we're, uh, you know, he needs to locate that one better. But the slider, real nasty pitch. You know, it's been difficult to hit this year. Nobody's gotten to it uh, just yet. He's gotten two Ks. Both of his Ks this year have come by way of that slider. So if he can get that fastball, you know, to around uh, average, you can mix that slider in or above average, he's going to be in really good shape, I think. So a strong start for him. It's all about confidence in those two pitches uh, when it comes to Tanner Rainey this season. The final guy I want to mention off of the really good weekend start in the pitching department. It's going to be uh, Kyle Finnegan. Two innings pitched, no hits, three Ks, no runs allowed. This this guy, Kyle Finnegan, you just see it. He looks real confident. This is somebody that had a really good season last year, despite the fact that I moved him around a lot about you know where he pitched in the game. Had to basically be the closer 
the last part of the season after all of the trades the Nationals made. It did not seem like it was a natural position or natural place to be for Kyle Finnegan. Has come back this year. I think they're going to give him that eighth inning or somewhere around that eighth inning right now. Uh, and last season in a 3.55 ERA and 66 innings pitched. And then back in 2020, a 2.92 and 24 and two thirds innings pitched. It's a guy that really does bring the thunder when it comes, uh, you know, to his pitching. You know, good, obviously, sinking action on the fastball. He is a guy that, you know, is short on experience, but. You know, with his age, he's what, 20, 30 years old at this point in time. So, a guy who's a little bit older, you know, but is somebody who's still got good velocity. Um, And, uh, you know, you watch him pitch, you you watch him get hit by that ball that came back to him on uh, yesterday, stays in the game, keeps going, and does a really good job of finishing out the inning strong and kind of striding off, like just an impactful player. And so, you're kind of seeing the emotional side of the bullpen, I think. When you mix in Kyle Finnegan and you mix in Sean Doolittle, these guys are fired up. I think the Nationals definitely need that. Whether they maintain these guys, they end up being trade assets down the line. You know, these guys, uh, I think just having the attitude, that kind of positivity is important. But the sinker, the split finger, and the slider, the two, the three pitches uh, you're seeing Kyle Finnegan use so far this season. Um, and all three of them have been affected. Once uh, effective, once again, no hits allowed. Three Ks across the board last year. Um, that slider and the splitter were really good. You know, batting average against those two twenty four and two twenty two respectively. And the sinker, the, the primary pitch he uses, two sixty seven. So not awful. Um, you know, and also these are pitches. You know, especially that slider, they get a pretty good whiff rate on them, and it's a pitch that he uses at the highest amount for putaways uh, in those situations. So, you know, majority sinker guy. Thought the sinker looked good, had good life, good speed, good velocity on that, and a good start of the weekend for him. I think I really like him at eighth inning spot um, right now. All right, so that will do it for the for the talk about the bullpen. So positivity on that end. Once again, the the big conversation. I don't want to get too negative. Is you can't use those guys. Um, you can't use those guys too much. We can't. You can't be asking too much of them too early because we want to see if these guys can hold up and maintain. And right now, the Nationals are asking far too much of their pen at the moment. Uh, so we'll see if they can. You know, and tonight I think they will again. But let's see if they can get these starters extended. It's a difficult situation. Thought the Nationals should have built some more starter depth because I don't like the guys they have right now. But hopefully, the Nationals don't have to dip too far into their bullpen too often. All right, quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by BetOnline and BetOnline.net. If you guys want to bet on Nats baseball, if you guys want to bet on other baseball games, NBA playoffs are about to happen, NHL playoffs around the corner, golf tournaments happening, the Masters this past weekend, UFC is happening, boxing, F1, NASCAR, whatever you want to bet on, they've got at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. You go there today, you sign up, it's free to do. Uh, it's your best source for wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today. It looks great. It works on your phone, your computer, your tablet, whatever you've got. So once again, go to Bet Online. Bet Online. It's where the game starts. Let me take a sip of water here. All right. Let's talk about another really uh, you know impressive part of this weekend was one Kbert Ruiz. So strong offense, strong defensive start. This weekend, he just looks confident for a 23 year old. And that's something that, you know, I know I mentioned confidence several times, but how important it is on a young team 
where the losses might pile up. You got to find confidence in certain places. You got to know that, you know, while baseball is a team sport, we want to see if these individuals can stick around. And so the thing is, amidst what we think is going to be a losing season, can you find that confidence in a variety of places and a variety of ways? And KBR Ruiz is a catcher. And we talked about catching a lot recently on this podcast about how the value of catchers, Adley, Adley Rushman, Henry Davis, KBR Ruiz, you know, JT Real Music, it's a big contract. Just, you know, these guys, they're so valuable because of the multi, um, you know, the many dimensions, I should say, of their position. Not only they have to worry about their own game, they have to worry about their starting pitchers, they have to worry about their relieving pitchers. Some guys have to call games as well. And so you're managing relationships, uh, you're managing quality of play for some guys, you know, you're calling, you know, having the locations and whatnot. And, I've managing relationships with umpires throughout the game. It's a lot of difficulty, but there's a reason why this guy was a part of the Nationals trade for Max Scherzer when they traded Scherzer and Turner away because they, they you know, they, this guy's a premium and this guy has been doing a great job, I think, behind the plate on defense and the offense has come around. Had a nice weekend to start off, but I want to look back at the last 15 games of 2021. Last 15 games, he had 59 plate appearances. He hit 377 with a 481 on base and uh, also a 988 OPS. We knew it was really good, and he's picked off, picked up right where he has left off. Um, those, you know, two multi games right out the multi hit games, I should say, right out of the shoot for K. Barrett Ruiz this weekend. Does go 0 for 3 yesterday with two Ks, but still encouraging signs. Early on, four for 11, 364 uh, is the batting average on that 818 OPS uh, this weekend for Ruiz, who did have four hits, one of which was a double. Now, we're talking about small sample sizes, right? Talk about a guy in the last 15 games who really was on fire last year and a guy this year who's in a good spot early on, but it's early on. I will say this. We're talking about small sample sizes, and I mentioned that with guys like Lane Thomas, what does that mean? You know, is he going to hold that up? Riley Adams, another guy too, small sample size. But you're more encouraged by high-level prospects, high uh, blue-chip players when they perform at this level as opposed to guys who are, you know, didn't do too well and have been shuffled around some. So point being here is, look, I'm more confident in KB Ruiz's small sample size than Lane Thomas's. Now, Lane Thomas's Sample size last year was actually a bit bigger than Ruiz's was. So you might say, well, wouldn't you want to point to that? Sure, yes, but this guy is blue chip pedigree and is performing at a high level. And we saw an offense and defense. So I am more confident we can we can continue to see this stuff. And, and just 23 years old, I usually think about it like this. He's 23 in three years. This guy's going to be 26 years old with plenty of experience then at that point and you know, still just being a pretty young guy. So this is a guy that you know looks like uh, he should have been a crown jewel in a trade piece. Not just this first weekend, but generally speaking, from last year to this year, K. Barrett Ruiz has looked like the guy the Nationals paid for in the sense when they traded away such great players like Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. All right, one more quick word from our sponsors, and then we'll look ahead to this weekend's series Oh, this week's series, I keep saying weekends, this week's series against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, today's show is brought to you by our friends at rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com today to find any part that you need 
for a car or truck. I mean, like taillights, carpets, uh, you know, bumper materials, whatever y'all need, they have at rockauto.com. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or 100% more from a chain store or car dealership when you can just go to rockauto.com today? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump is $353 from a chain store. It's $216 at rockauto.com. It's a family-run business serving auto parts customers online for nearly 20 years. Go to rockauto.com today, right? Locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box. That way they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. That's rockauto.com. All right, so also the defense has been good. Just mentioned that. We'll see if that can maintain too. It's important that that keeps up. So this uh, this series this week, the Nationals are now on the road for seven straight games. Uh, they've got uh, Atlanta for three, then Pittsburgh for three. We'll start. Uh, we'll just do this, this series right here. So the Atlanta series, all right. Uh, tonight, Monday the eleventh, seven twenty. Tuesday, seven twenty, and then Wednesday, twelve twenty. Getaway day as the Nationals will then travel to Pittsburgh. After that, um, so the first game it's going to be Hoskari Noah. This is according to ESPN. Hoskari Noah against TBD, and there's been a lot of talk of hey, will it be Hunter Harvey who the Nationals? just brought in. Can you do an Austin vote maybe as a guy who has got some starting experience for the reason being that Anibal Sanchez is dealing still with a neck injury. So we'll see which direction the Nationals decide to go there. Then the Nationals are back on their normal rotation. It'll be Patrick Corbin. There's no determined starter yet in game number two for the Braves. But right now we know that the third game of the season, it's going to be, uh, or at least right now, it looks like it's going to be Max Freed and uh, Josiah Gray. That's what it sets up right now. Free did start on opening day, so um, we'll see what they do. You know, in that situation, uh, you know, if they move him up a day, I'm, I'm, I think it's, I think it would set up fine for that. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what they do pitching wise, but expect to see Noah. Expect to see Freed on the national side. Definitely going to see Corbin and Gray, barring one of those guys to set back before those games. Uh, last two regular season champions. Uh, well, full season champions, I should say. That's what I'm meaning to say. So the last two times we had a 162 game schedule. Um, these two teams, or at least you know regular season schedule, uh, normal one. These two teams were champions. Uh, so that's you know, and they're both in the same division. So the rivalry is there. Um, we know what that entailed, and, and so it's exciting to see the Nationals hit the road for the first time. Also, the attendances weren't very good for the Nats. Hopefully, you now they'll kind of get a, a nice little jolt this uh, from the good crowds I'm expecting to see that the Braves will put out there. So there you go. All right, that will do it for today's show. We're back tomorrow with a look at last night's action. That's going to be coming up. Make sure you follow us. Or, you know, it'll be last night uh, tomorrow. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Nationals. You guys can follow me at Josh Neighbors underscore. Find the show wherever you get your podcast, And you all can find us. Uh, on YouTube now as well. All right, till next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.